Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And welcome back. Today, TV legend Bob Barker is back with us. Boy, he's a good friend of Animal Radio, isn't he? He's a good friend of the animals. He really is. doing, And he's retired, but you'd never guess that he was <laughs> retired. He's on the way also. ABC Good Morning America's Dr. Marty Becker. And you, in fact, let's start with you. one 405 8405 Hi, who's this? Hi, my name is Sarah. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. It's not the best, but uh, pretty good. That's <laughs> that's acceptable. Okay. Where are you calling from? Uh, Pennsylvania. Okay. Listening on uh, what's, what side of Pennsylvania are you calling from? Uh, Reading. Okay. So probably listening on WEEU. Thank you very yes. much. Yes. What can we do for you today? Okay. I have a, a regular cat, and she has like a scaly situation on her skin. And, you know, she scratches herself, and I have two other cats, and they don't have it. It's not fleas. You've checked for fleas, right? There's no fleas. No fleas, no flea dirt. What does it look like, the, the scaly area? It's like, like a dry scab on it, and then she scratches herself. Uh-huh. Could that be a... A condition on the skin or sure it could be a, a bunch of things let me just ask some uh, standard things is there anything new in the house that could be causing an allergy any no. new carpet any new foods that they're eating any new bowls no okay and, and none of the other animals have this no okay but there are other animals in the house yes okay, okay. how old is the cat uh she's 15 she's 15 okay is she short or long hair uh, kind of medium? Yeah. Okay. Okay. What I'm guessing at, without actually seeing, is I think that your cat may have ringworm. Have you ever heard of ringworm? Yeah, I had that a long, long time ago, but it, but it, it's like she scratches herself and then it gets, gets sore on her. Uh-huh. Well, they appear as lesions. They can appear all around the body. Where on the body are you seeing it? Uh, from the back of her neck down to her tail. Mm-hmm. That's something I would uh, check out with the vet there. It sounds like some kind of ringworm. And, of course, yeah. that is one of those things that is transferable between humans and uh, animals. And also is a uh, big misconception. That's not a worm, is it? Judy? No, it's not actually a worm. It's just an infection. It's caused by a fungus that grows in, like, the dead layers of the skin or nails. It really has nothing to do with ringworms. And is it prevalent in multiple cat households? What is the situation is. with that? Yes, it's more prevalent in long-haired cats in multiple households. And, again, it can be passed to other animals as well as humans. And you can't tell by just visually looking at the scales. Uh, if you take your cat to your vet, he actually puts it under a UV lamp, which is called a woods lamp. Oh, yeah, one of those woods lamps? One of those woods lamps. Okay. And it actually turns a certain color that he can tell. And once it has been diagnosed, you need to treat the animal. And how is the treatment? Is that usually a topical and an oral? It's both a topical and an oral, and if possible, you need to keep the cat isolated. Yeah, that's the one problem right now is you don't want the other cats to get this. Or if that's what it is. Yeah, or you. It can be passed. I don't know if there's any children in the house, but it can be passed to to humans and that's normally it will run its course but the fact that it's so highly contagious and infectious is very 
well advised to have it treated. And whether it's ringworm or not, if, if your animal is scratching at it, causing it to uh, have open, open sores, sores, which could cause infection, uh, that, that could be a big problem right there. So unfortunately, it's one of those things you can't hold your dog up to the, or your cat up to the, uh, to the radio and, <laughs> and we'll look real closely. This is one of those things you, you'll need the vet for. Unfortunately. Okay. And uh, we're, we're sorry about that. Let us know how that turns out, okay? Okay. We, we'd be interested to hear what the vet says. Okay. And we thank you very much for listening to Animal Radio. How many cats do you have? You have three, four cats? Three. Three cats? Oh, yeah. They're like babies. <laughs> they crawl under the, the blanket if you're cold. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the one cat, he was an outside cat. I mean, he survived two years ago in all wow. that real cold weather we had. Oh, yeah. And uh, now he, he's... he's they're, they're pretty snuggly in bed, I bet, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're babies. <laughs> well, is it okay if we send them uh, some uh, toys, some kitten toys? Sure. Okay, we'll do that. Hold on one second, okay? Sarah, thanks for listening to Animal Radio and listening on WEEU. Okay. Hold on one second. 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Well, there's not a day that goes by that you won't hear us talking about spaying and neutering. And for so many reasons, besides population control, you have health issues and uh, better behavior. It's all a better pet for it, really. Now, this is important if you're listening on any one of our 97 affiliates, but really important if you're listening on Coast 103.5 in Los Angeles. It is now the law that by four months old, your cats, dogs must be spayed or neutered. A great law, we think, here at Animal Radio. And guess who's behind helping enact this law? Who? Somebody who just retired, but let me tell you, they're not retired. retiring. They're working hard. <laughs> we have back our friend Bob Barker. Hi, Bob. How are you doing? Hello, Hal. I'm doing fine, and I'm ecstatic that the uh, ordinance that you have just mentioned did indeed pass, and Los Angeles is the first major city in the United States to have mandatory spay neuter. What happens if you don't spay or neuter your animal now with the law? In the city, this is not going to be, uh, they describe it as not invasive, but persuasive. And uh, what will happen is this. If you have a dog that has not been spayed or neutered, and the dog causes absolutely no trouble, it stays within its yard or uh, within its house, and... uh, and uh, there are no complaints about it, you'll have no trouble. But if you have a dog that has not been spayed or neutered and it's out running the street and it is picked up by a city officer and uh, taken into an animal shelter, you must then get it spayed or neutered. Uh, You're given 60 days in which to do it. Or if your dog is not spayed or neutered and a neighbor or someone files a complaint against it, then you must get your dog spayed or neutered within 60 days. In other words, there has to be a problem in order for you to do it. But uh, we're hopeful that most people will do it and prevent the problems. So they're not going to go door to door checking all animals? absolutely not. And I understand there's some subsidized sterilization for people that might have trouble affording to... uh... That's right. There is no excuse so far as money is concerned. This is not going to be something that will be a problem for the uh, 
uh, people who can't afford the spay neuter because the city will give you a voucher and you can get it done for as much as you can pay or nothing. It can be free. And uh, they're building new animal shelters in several uh, areas. And in these new animal shelters, there will be a spay-neuter clinic where you can actually take your dog to the clinic and have it spayed or neutered right there. Is there any limit on the animals you can bring in to have spay-neuter? In other words, are there limits as to how many animals, cats and dogs, you can have in Los Angeles? Well, I think right now there's the law that you should not have more than three dogs in your home. Uh, AB 1634 is a state ordinance. That's right. Okay, and, that, and what, what does that say? That's different than what was signed last week, right? Uh, well, it is, uh, it is and it isn't. It, it's very similar. It, uh, let me just say this. This is an important thing to bring out, I think. This uh, AB 1634 is uh, based on a spay-neuter program that has been very successful in Santa Cruz County. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Santa Cruz, they installed this um, spay-neuter plan in 1995. And by 2005, just 10 years later, although there had been a 15% growth in human population in Santa Cruz County, the number of animals entering shelters had decreased by 60%. Now, when the human population increases by 15%, of course, you expect there to be more animals than Mm -hmm. there were 10 years ago. And yet, in spite of that, in that one decade, it decreased by 60%. The number of animals, that is, going into shelters decreased by 60%. Now, if we could do that statewide... It would be miraculous. It would be wonderful. Right now, it's estimated that uh, about 850,000 animals are uh, uh, taken. uh, They enter California shelters every year, about 850,000. And about 500,000 of them are killed or euthanized. Mm -hmm. And that is at a cost of $250 million to taxpayers. Well, if you live in California... You should be in favor of AB 1634, whether you have an animal or whether you are going to have an animal or whether you're interested in animals. If you're paying taxes in California, you should be in favor of AB 1634. It's just going to save you money in the long run. Absolutely. Who's not in favor of it? Breeders. Yeah. (laughs) Breeders. Now, there are exemptions for licensed breeders. There are exemptions. If you are a legal breeder, this bill will not cause you any problem. If you have a show dog, this bill will not cause you any problem. There's a long list of exemptions. Police animals, uh, animals that help handicap, and so on. But what this will really get, we hope, are the backyard breeders who are not licensed and who are not paying taxes. And the puppy mills, which are uh, uh, just abysmal uh, things to have in any city or state. Sure. What uh, what can I do as the grassroots person to help make sure that these policies take hold across the country? You can talk with as many people as you can find uh, who are interested in AB 1634. You can talk about AB 1634 on your show. It will be of uh, immeasurable help because 
This is a, a situation, this spay-neuter problem, overpopulation. The problem is overpopulation of animals. There are just too many cats and dogs born in the United States for all of them to have homes. Uh, as you well know, there are people working all over the country to find homes for them, and these people are doomed to disappointment because the homes don't exist. And yet people are talking about we want, we want a no-kill shelter in our, in our city. Well, I'd like to see, I'd like to see us become a no-kill country. Yes. But we can't do that until we control the pet population. What if you if you have a no-kill shelter? What are you going to do when someone comes and says, uh, "I have a dog. I want to turn it into the shelter." Well, we're full. We can't take it. So now they abandon the dog on the streets, or who knows what they do with it. It ends up uh, tragically, and. Uh, it is an insurmountable problem until we control the population, until we control the the birth of cats and dogs. We are with Bob Barker, semi-retired, not really retired. Doesn't sound like you're retired. It sounds like you're working hard, harder. And I'm, I'm working hard. I'm just working on different different things. Well, I worked on this for, of course, when I was on the show, but. Uh, I have been busy. I've been so busy, I wonder how I ever had time to do a television show. <laughs> I think that's great. Now, all your uh, work, is it all animal work that you're working on now? Well, uh, for the most part, yes. I've been doing a few uh, guest appearances, and I've done uh, uh, some other things. But uh, for the most part, I, I have my own uh, foundation, as you know, mm -hmm. and I've been working more on that. I always worked on that a lot, but I'm working more on it. And, um, well, I've done a lot of elephant work lately. Yes, Maggie, up, of course. Up to Anchorage, right? Yes. To help get that uh, poor little Maggie out of uh, that zoo up there. And she's living uh, a life of luxury now at a wonderful sanctuary, Paws, Performing Animal Welfare Society in Galt, uh, California. That's awesome. She has uh, uh, acres and acres and acres to roam over with other elephants, and they have a a pond that they play in and the elephants love to play in the mud they have a big mud hole they play in and they go along uh, taking uh, leaves off trees and uh, doing the things it's it's the best possible existence for them short of their own natural habitat i think absolutely if you want to check that out see what maggie's doing now head on over to animalradio.com we're going to put links to uh, maggie's webcam as well as links to the ab1634 information that bob has been talking about and then you, you can see how you can get involved bob we thank you so much for spending time with us i got to ask you the pets at home i know you had a lot of rabbits at once <laughs> I don't have a lot of rabbits because my rabbits are spayed or neutered. <laughs> there you go. Which is good. I have Mr. Rabbit and his honey bunny. Uh -huh. And uh, I think that uh, since I spoke with you folks last, uh, you'll be interested to know that Mr. Rabbit broke his leg. Oh, no. He broke his right foreleg. How did he do that? Who knows? I got up one morning. He's sitting in there with a broken leg. Oh, no. And um, I got him to the doctor, and they took good care of him, and... It was uh, a long rehabilitation. He had to be kept in. He, they, they live in the house anyway, but uh -huh. within this big room in which they both live, uh, I had to have a kind of um, oh, a corral because oh, he no. couldn't uh, be too uh, active when he was recovering. And would you believe his little friend, Honey Bunny, mm -hmm. it's Mr. Rabbit, his Honey Bunny, uh -huh. mm -hmm. she, they love each other. <laughs> and when he had to stay in that corral, 
she stayed in the corral with him oh. and nursed him. She wouldn't leave. She'd come out occasionally, but then she'd go back, and there was a little opening there that I could open for her, and she'd sit there until I opened that and let her get back in there with him. Aww. I thought it was just precious. And how's he doing now? Yes. He's splendid. He oh. was running up and down the hall today and jumping up in the air. And When they're happy, that's what they do. They jump up in the air. And I can just picture that. Oh, he! I, I, have, uh, I haven't taken a picture of anything except an animal in 30 years, I don't think. <laughs> you know what? That's funny that you say that because I just was looking at some pictures yesterday and I realized they're all pictures of animals. There's that's no right. I was doing the same thing. I'm writing a book and uh, the publisher wants some good pictures so i started looking and i i told them i said you know i have a lot of pictures but they're all animals he said well we'll have some animal pictures too but can you find anything if it's some humans <laughs> well we're glad to hear everything's good on the home front and that your retirement is very very happy oh i'm i'm a complete success at retirement <laughs> i really am. i uh, I, I did it. I think I did it at just the right time. Uh, for years, I thought about it, not because I didn't uh, love doing the show, and not because I, I didn't want to continue doing the show. But I was, it was just my age was such that I thought, well, it's, I should hang it up. But I didn't. And I didn't. And I didn't. And I finally, I finally did. And I was concerned that I'd get up in the morning and think, oh my gosh, I don't have a show. Oh, this is terrible. <laughs> and I don't feel that way at all. I enjoyed it. Right up to the last minute of the last show, I had a wonderful time. Yes. I think I chose just the right time to quit. Good for you. And to start working for the a little more for the animals, and we applaud you for that. Thank you so much, Bob. Well, I don't want to just sit and do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get old if I do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Hold on for one second there. Okay. We have more Animal Radio on the way. Hi, this is Emmylou Harris on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pet. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. one 405 8405 Write that on your unk, will ya? Hi, who's this? Um, hi, this is Kim. Hi, Kim. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Where are you living? I live in Buena Park, California. Oh, very well. Listening on Coast or K-Big, I imagine. Yes. One of, I'm not sure which one. 1070, I think. One, oh, okay. What uh, What is your question? Um, I um, bought a house. Okay. And I have a backyard that is all cement, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and I want to get two dogs, and I want to build a potty area for them. Oh, a potty area for the dogs. Tougher to do with dogs than it is with cats. Right. <laughs> but I but I, I can't live without dogs, so I need to build a potty area. Okay. And I'm wondering what type of material to use, whether I should build a sand pit or use artificial... I've seen some artificial grass or... Um, uh, cedar chips, or what What type of thing is a good idea to build? Judy's an expert on this, so I'm going to let her answer this. <laughs> Are you able to put in any real grass? No, no, I don't have an area for real grass. 
Okay, my only concern is that sometimes dogs get accustomed to their potty areas. If you have a, a cement or a sand pin and you let your dog relieve himself on that, there's a problem when you take him out elsewhere that he won't go on the grass or won't go in a certain area. Does he currently go on the concrete? I don't have the dogs yet. Oh, okay. I, I see that. Okay. <laughs> I would suggest, uh, you know, you might have to try because the dogs can be particular to put something up that they can at least dig a little. I would say, like you said, sand or cedar chips. Uh, the dogs may go on artificial grass. Like what you- kind of dogs? What size dogs are you planning on getting? Um, I Just kind of medium dogs. I just want a couple mutts, just some dogs to come home to. And I've got to have two so they're not left to home, home alone all day. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize that. That's brilliant. I wanted to just mention, I know you have some ideas, but I wanted to mention a couple of years ago I heard about this Puppy Go Potty, which was uh, from the Absorption Corporation, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's wasn't it like grass that was? It's a- actually grass. It's sod grass that they give you a container and you put the sod in it and actually grow the grass. And you can replace it, to, especially in Southern California. If the grass dies, you can easily replace it with sod. And you could actually either buy something like that or you could make it yourself. You could uh, fence in, you know fence in but take some two by fours and corner off a section of the yard and put actually put the sod down Uh, it won't last forever but it's something that you can easily replace okay and a sourcing corp actually makes something like that you can go online and see what they've done okay I, i have seen that one of the things I've gone to home shows, and there's a lot of people pushing artificial grass. Mm-hmm. And they say they put them in pet hospitals and, and shelters and mm-hmm. such. And it seems like an easy way because they create a drainage mm-hmm. and it's easy to clean, but I just don't know if it's friendly for dogs, really, or if it's not such a good idea. See, each dog's going to be finicky to its yeah. own, what it likes. And the good thing is, is if, you, if you start these animals, are you going to get them as babies, or are you going to... Probably about a year old okay. because I work during the day, so I don't think I can deal with little puppies. I understand that completely, but young enough to learn a, a brand new procedure if they need right, to. Right. Yeah, I'll I don't work th- with them. Yeah, I don't think you'll have any problem. You can try the artificial grass and see how they like it, and if they can't, then if they won't use it, then you can go you know, back to natural uh, grass. But what you want to do is basically whatever you put up, you want them to go in that place and that place only. So when you do take them out, you don't want to let them be outside unsupervised. You want to okay. take them out and take them to the area and then reward them. Anytime they go and oh. they use the area, give them a treat. Okay. But if you do in the beginning, just kind of let them run free in the backyard. They may go anywhere they want, but you want to no, take... we want to train them. <laughs> yeah. You want to take them to the area and you can use like a command or something like that. Or after they go to the bathroom, you can say like, you know... Um, Gosh, go potty, and you give them a treat. And then when you go outside, the next time you can say it before they use it, take them to the area and say, go potty, and they'll start to learn that that's for them to relieve themselves, and they get a treat. Okay. And eventually, and if, if I have two dogs that I'm guessing maybe 30, 40 pounds, mm-hmm. you know, sort of mediumish dogs, how big an area do I want to have? Well, that depends on how often you want to clean it. Well, I'll be, I'll be diligent, but so, what's, what's their minimum, would you say? I'd say probably about a 10 by 10 area. Okay, I'm bigger than that, so that's good. Okay, yeah, that's that was. I would say that would be the minimum, but uh, something like that, I would get again clean it, you know, on a regular basis. Okay, because it, once it does become full, they will start looking for other places. Now we want to have good puppies. Well, good, and you know what we're going to do? We're going to send you. We have these uh, brand new adoption kits from Planet Dog, which include all kinds of toys and stuff. We're going to send you a couple of those for your new additions to your household. Oh, I would love that. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Animal Radio. Hold on one second. Thank you. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on 
Learn more. Hi, this is Dick Van Patten on Animal Radio. And be sure to state your pets. At Onesto Organics, we believe in whole foods for the whole animal. All of our human-grade organic pet foods are unrefined and dehydrated to preserve vital nutrients. Our veggie hides for dogs are delicious, nutritious, and completely free of grain, gluten, corn, and soy. Onesto Organics, we're all about healthful goodness for your pet. Honestly, nothing less will do. Check us out at www.onestoorganics.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Joining us, Dr. Marty Becker. Hi, Doc. How you doing? Hello, my friends. Thanks for having me back. Snow on the ground there in Idaho? Yeah, it's snowing right now, and <laughs> we definitely got, we, you definitely need an SUV up here that, you know, it's not just for show, it's for go up here. Well, now, speaking of SUV, you have a brand new website, you and some cohorts of yours have put together a website called dogcars.com. You actually have ranked cars from last year to their pet friendliness, I guess? What is it that you're actually ranking there? Well, first of all, here's something that's interesting. There was a Business Week cover story last August that talked about the fact there was $41 billion spent on pets last year. Mm-hmm. There was only $33 billion spent on movies, recorded music, and video games combined. So that shows you how big the, the pet industry is. But in the same article, half of all car buyers consider the comfort of the family dog when buying a new car. And an American Animal Hospital Association survey shows 65% of people take pets on their errands. So, you know, it's not far-fetched, and no pun intended, to, you know, to really look at, at cars and SUVs and things like that that are best for people that have dogs. Are the car manufacturers catering to pet lovers? Are they making cars that are specifically designed around the pet at all? Oh, yeah, that, that fact that... You know, Business Week showed that 50% of car buyers consider the comfort of the family dog is, is a, a big deal. And, and you know, when we were looking at him, uh, Keith Turner, who writes for uh, uh, dogcars.com, is a, you know, an industry expert. And Gina Spadafori is my co-author. My colleague has been in the pet industry for many years and it actually has working dogs. But, you know, we looked for, you know, seats at full flatter that are easily removable. We looked for a lot of cargo space relative to the size of the vehicle like wide square backs with a very little rear slope to make the most of the cargo area. You want door and window locks so the dog can't accidentally unlock a door. Very important. And then, you know, all-wheel or four-wheel drive or high ground clearance is important for, you know, dog sports people. But like the Honda Element, I don't know if that was our, you know, best overall. That was the the number one pick, right? Number one pick. And, you know, it kind of, we had had down that it has anti-nose print windows. If you know how it is, (laughs) there's a flat floor in there, so it's real easy to clean out. You can literally just open both doors and take a, you know, leaf blower and blow the the hair and everything right up the side of the car. Uh, But the way they sit down, they don't, you know, they're not sitting up on the seats and getting the nose prints all over the windows. Are car manufacturers doing this on purpose, or it just happens to be that they work out that they're dog friendly? Well, you know, there hasn't. Honda has actually done some prototype cars for dogs, and there's actually we've talked to some of the manufacturers like Suzuki and Honda, and some of those in the next. You know, this is really more of just it was a, for other applications, but it happens to make it a good dog car. But mm-hmm. there's actually some uh, plans underway, probably for the, the you know this model year and next year to actually incorporate specific dog friendly features into vehicles. Mm. Wow. It's a good idea. It's about time. And same thing with RVs, too. I think that needs to, to start happening. If you want your uh, custom RV now, you have to order it custom that doesn't come with any. And everybody travels with their animals, too. 
whether it's in your car or in your RV. What are some of the other top cars that made your list there? Well, you know, isn't it surprising, too, that figure? You know, going back to that, 65% of people take their pet on errands, you know? I mean, that's from the American Animal Hospital Association. I mean, we're, you know, they're, they're family members now, so we just don't think of not taking them with us. Uh, you know, for the best overall value, we had the Suzuki Forenza. For the best luxury SUV, the Land, uh, the Land Rover, uh, Range Rover. Best midsize was the Volkswagen Turag and the Volvo XC90. Uh, the best small size SUV was the Mitsubishi Outlander, which had a lot of features for the cost and, you know, wide and flat in the back and made a lot of cargo space. Um, the best pickup truck was the Ford F-150. The best minivan was the Dodge Caravan. And the best hatchback was the Honda Fit Sport. Now, there's a lot of cars there. And if you want to check out the list, head on over to dogcars.com. Of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show at animalradio.com. And, of course, Dr. Marty Becker's website, petconnection.com. Dr. Marty Becker, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, friend. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. The Animal Minute is brought to you by Urinoff, the number one vet-recommended urine odor and stain remover. To purchase, visit www.urinoff.com. You're not finally something that works. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Like something out of a Lassie episode, a real live 13-month-old cattle dog named Lassie helped rescue her owner after he fell from his horse in Australia. 90-year-old George Crother broke his pelvis after being thrown from a bucking horse. Crother got his foot caught in the reins and ended up on the ground where Lassie snuggled up next to him to keep him warm. As darkness fell, Crother's wife came searching for him with a flashlight but wasn't able to hear his faint cries for help. That's when Lassie ran to her and led her to her ailing husband. Lassie's very thankful owner is on the mend after having 37 screws inserted into his pelvis and hip. Good dog, Lassie, good dog. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. There's lots of reasons to need a urine odor and stain remover. Your dog's afraid of thunderstorms. Cat hates being alone. You've moved into a new house. But there's only one reason to buy Urinoff, because it actually works. Urinoff's high-performance formula gets to the source of the problem and removes it permanently, even cat urine. Many odor removers claim to work, but thousands of loyal Urinoff customers, even vets, swear by it. If urine odor is a problem in your home, reach for Urinoff, the odor remover that actually works. Available exclusively at www.urinoff.com or your local vet. The Pet X- Expo is coming to the Greater Reading Expo Center. All your favorite pets under one roof. Dogs, cats, birds, reptiles, horses, ferrets, and pot-bellied pigs. Hey, cat lovers, don't miss the AACE Cat Show. You like large cats? How about a 400-pound Bengal tiger? Or marvel at the high-flying performance dogs. Watch the rare and ancient breed dog show. See the rainforest reptile shows. And kids, enjoy the petting zoo and pony rides. Check out the great show prices on pet products and accessories. It's all at the Pet Expo at the Greater Reading Expo Center. Bring the whole family. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Hi, Gina. 
Hi. How are you doing? Good. How about you? Very good. We have Juno Woods joining us. You're a Coldwell Banker Realtor? I am in Menlo Park, California. Oh, what a wonderful place to live. It is. We should talk after I get off the air here. <laughs> okay. Listen, you've, you've uh, carved a niche, and of course, every realtor has to sort of carve a niche in some angle to pull in customers, to pull in clients, and you've actually decided to cater to the canine world or the pet-friendly world. Is that correct? I have. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things, you know, take your passion and turn it into your work. And when I started out in real estate, I didn't have a dog. Um, And then a year and a half ago, I got a dog and then became a total dog lover and started meeting more dog owners at the dog parks. And then kind of my clients started to be more dog and pet owners. And I started to realize that pet owners have very specialized needs that really need to be addressed. What are those needs? Well, so if you have a dog moving and you're searching for a home, you're a buyer, uh, moving into a dog-friendly neighborhood is just a huge quality of life Mm -hmm. issue. And when you work with a dog-friendly realtor, such as myself, you know, I can help people find those neighborhoods. I can let them know where the local dog parks are, and I can let them know where the unofficial dog parks are. That's really one of my big value adds. Oh, that's a a great value. Yeah, because you could live across the street from a high school, and then at 5 o'clock, it's like a silent whistle blows, and everyone (laughs) comes out of their house, and it suddenly is an impromptu dog park. And so that's really good information to know if you're looking for a home in that area. What other things should we take into consideration? Well, if you have an older dog, um, finding a home that's a single story is important. Those Mm. are some of the things you don't think about, you know, when you go into a home and you get all caught up in the excitement. Mm -hmm. Um, Having hardwood floors is a really good idea. It just makes it easy to uh, clean up muddy paws. Um, Having a room next to an entry, so that kind of like a mud room for a dog so that you can keep the dirt contained in one room, or at least having some area in the house where you can contain your dog. Um, Having a fenced-in backyard, um, I I can only do so much for this, but trying to find dog-friendly neighbors. And what I suggest that clients do is, you know, take their dog to the neighborhood before putting in an offer on a house and just walk around and kind of see what the neighbor's reactions are, you know. Uh, Like some neighbors will be like, oh, that's such a cute dog. And if everyone's aloof, it's something just to take into consideration as you're looking at the home. It seems to be there's less and less pet-friendly places or less and less landlords that are willing to accept pets. Yeah, that's true. It's really a challenge in the rental market. And on my website, I have a list of uh, pet-friendly rentals in the area. Um, but it is that, especially here, this is a, that's a big challenge. And even when people are looking for condos, finding condo complexes where there aren't pet restrictions. How can we find a place in our neighborhood? Right. Is there a website or a central place, a central location to find pet-friendly rentals? There is, actually. Um, It's called the Pet Realty Network. And um, it's a network that was established right after the Katrina disaster. And this mm. woman in Florida established it to because people were moving all over the place and they had their pets. And she wanted to have a central place where people could go to find a pet-friendly realtor when they were moving out of their area. Um, so that is a good place to start. And there are dog-friendly realtors out there. Um, Active Rain is another realtor website where you can go in and there's blogs on different um, pet-friendly real estate sites. And so those are probably the two best ways to find a pet-friendly realtor. And also Googling it. What about your website? What's that all about? 
Um, so my website, it's uh, PeninsulaHousehound.com, and uh, one of the best features on my website, so one of the things I'm proudest of, is that you can do a home search around dog parks. So you mm. type in a particular dog park or <laughs> Menlo Park dog parks, and you can see all of the listings around those parks. And I just put in the official ones because I put I discuss the unofficial ones, you know, when I'm with the people. <laughs> but um, but that's great. And then I also have a blog, which is HousehoundBlog.com. And in that, I go through every week and I review the new homes on the market and I talk about the ones that are kind of my pick of the litter, the ones that are the most dog friendly and are in the safest neighborhoods and are just kind of the most receptive to dogs. It all sounds very exciting. We're going to go ahead and link to all of those websites that you've just mentioned. If you're driving along now and you're interested in what Juna is talking about, head on over to AnimalRadio.com. Check out today's show and uh, we'll link to PeninsulaHouseHound.com as well as HouseHoundBlog.com and the Pet Realty Network as well. We appreciate what you're doing. It's a fun story. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much for having me. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update, made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. A raccoon in Illinois tests positive for rabies, reminding us all to watch out. I'm Hal Abrams. A raccoon captured this week in Decatur, Illinois, has tested positive for rabies. A resident called City Police Tuesday to report seeing the sick animal in the Dearborn Park Drive area in the southeastern side of the city. A DeKalb County Animal Control Officer was able to trap the animal, and rabies tests have come back positive. The raccoon did not attack any people or pets, and there have been no other reports of sick animals. But anytime there's an animal that tests positive for rabies, we want to remind people to be more vigilant. Anyone who has been bitten or scratched by wild animals should seek medical attention. And be sure to monitor your pets for aggressive or nervous behavior or excessive drooling or foaming at the mouth. These are all signs of more advanced forms of the disease. And of course, pet guardians should also make sure their pets are up to date on their vaccinations. Get more Animal Radio breaking news Streaming live 24-7 at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Does that pesky pet stain keep reappearing after you've cleaned it with a household cleaner? Try Simple Solution Stain and Odor Remover. Simple Solution is formulated specifically for pet stain and odors. The unique enzyme and probacteria formula breaks down the glue-like proteins in pet urine, then absorb all the leftover particles, leaving your carpet completely free of harmful residue. So no more magical reappearing acts or pets returning to the area. Simple Solution products are available at pet specialty stores nationwide. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. What is that doggy in the window? Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys for Animal Radio. Whether you call them mutts or hybrids or mixed-breed dogs are definitely one of the most beloved pets we have. But how do you know what the mix is in your mixed-breed dog? Most importantly, does it really matter? Until recently, most people could only guess as to their pet's ancestry. But the mapping of the canine genome has now given scientists new tools to help answer some of pet owners' questions about their pet's roots. 
Although most people are content with the love and affection their mutt gives them, a recent survey shows that 60% of dog owners would welcome the knowledge that would help them better understand their mixed breed pets. The Wisdom Panel DNA test for mixed breed dogs enables some of these owners to find out some of these answers. This new analysis is a comprehensive DNA-based test that uses very unique breed-specific DNA markers. With a small amount of blood drawn by your veterinarian, the Wisdom Panel can determine your pet's unique ancestry. According to Mars Veterinary, the Wisdom Panel has the ability to identify 134 different dog breeds in your pet's past with 84% accuracy. That's pretty good. So what does all this mean for you? Knowing the breed risk for various diseases, could this test predict that your pet would develop cancer or kidney failure? Dr. Lowell Ackerman, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist and noted author, says that the test is really more for entertainment than for medical or diagnostic purposes. It should not be used to try to link a disease process to a pet because of its ancestry. And what about the legal implications? Could an insurance company deny coverage to you because of your dog's ancestry? To date, this has not been an issue, but it does raise some serious questions. Is it possible that you might have to move because your mixed mutt has some Rottweiler in it? Well, for those folks who want to provide the latest in pet identification, there's even a DNA fingerprinting test for your pet that's available at PetGadgets.com. Using a cheek swab just like you see on CSI, Scientists can often gather enough DNA to create a DNA fingerprint for your pet. If you want to know more about your pet's genetic background, ask your family veterinarian about something called the Wisdom Panel. After a simple blood test, you can expect results back in a few weeks. The test usually costs between $100 and $200 and may reflect your veterinarian's involvement in interpretation of the test. All in all, the Wisdom Panel could be a fun way of taking a new look at the family pet. You should remember that there are limitations to this test. It will likely not provide any concrete evidence of medical or behavioral issues. If you have concern about breed-specific diseases or problems, talk with your veterinarian. There are specific DNA tests available for many hereditary diseases in dogs. For the Veterinary News Network at MyVNN.com, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting for Animal Radio. Welcome to Voice of the Animal. The vessel was the largest and most luxurious ever built. 2,200 people booked passage on her maiden voyage west across the Atlantic, and many of those passengers had with them their dogs. Among the distinctive appointments on this grand floating palace was a statue of Artemis, ancient Greek goddess of the wild and protector of animals. Prominently displayed on the mantle in the first-class lounge, the statue of Artemis meant the dogs on board the Titanic had a special goddess looking after them. As the Titanic set sail from Southampton, England on April 12, 1912, the dogs were a highly visible part of the voyage. Both the dogs and people on Titanic had impressive pedigrees. There was a champion French bulldog named Gamon de Paicon and an Airedale named Kitty who belonged to the John Jacob Astors. 
While most of the dogs stayed in shiny, brand-new kennels, newlywed Helen Bishop insisted that she keep her tiny dog, Fru-Fru, with her in their first-class suite. The promenade deck of the Titanic might not have been so different from a stroll down Fifth Avenue or Rodeo Drive today. As a French artist on board noted, Many of the obnoxious and ostentatious American women carry tiny dogs around with them and lead their husbands about like pet lambs. Every day a crew member would take the dogs for a stroll about the ship. This canine parade became quite an event. Seven-year-old survivor Eva Hart was so enchanted with the presence of the regal Gamon de Baicom that she spent the rest of her life surrounded by French bulldogs. In fact, the passengers enjoyed the dogs so much that an informal dog show was scheduled for Monday, April 15th. But as we know, that show would never take place. When the Titanic struck the iceberg late Sunday evening on April 14th, more than 1,500 people lost their lives, and so did all but two of the dogs. A Pomeranian and a Pekingese named Sun Yat-sen were lucky enough to accompany their people, Margaret Hayes and Henry Sleeper Harper of Harper Publishing, on one of the first lifeboats. Although Fru-Fru was with Helen Bishop in their cabin, Helen chose to leave her beloved dog on the ship when it became clear there were not enough lifeboats for all the passengers. And in a heartbreaking account, Helen described how, as she left her cabin for the last time, Fru-Fru, not wanting to be left behind, grabbed the hem of Helen's dress, tearing it. As Titanic sank into the icy Atlantic, a Mr. Norris found himself treading water to stay afloat next to the French bulldog, Gamon de Picon. Later, safely aboard the Carpathia, Mr. Norris thought he had imagined the bulldog in the water until another rescued passenger explained that after the lifeboats were gone, he had made his way to the kennels and released all of the dogs to spare them the horror of drowning in locked cages. In 1986, among the wreckage of the Titanic strewn across the ocean floor was found the statue of the goddess Artemis. The protector of animals had accompanied her beloved dogs from the Titanic into the waiting arms of Poseidon, god of the sea. Visit us on the World Wide Web at voiceoftheanimal.org. For Voice of the Animal, this is Rayanne Cumulos. Thank you, Rayanne. That's all we have time for this hour. If you're leaving us, remember we're streaming online 24-7 at animalradio.com. Spay and neuter, don't declaw, and always adopt. We'll see you next week. For Judy Francis, I'm Hal Abrams. Have a great week from all of us here at Animal Radio. This is Animal Radio Network. Hey, fellow animal thrill seekers. This show originally aired last year. I dream about it every night, so we figured we'd play it again for you. Oh, boy. Remember, you can get fresh Animal Radio at AnimalRadio.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Well, Judy, you've jam-packed this hour. It looks like our Young and the Restless weekend continues with Michelle Stafford and uh, Judith Chapman. And i got to mention, you yes. know, you look at these ladies' resumes, they're much, much larger than, uh, you know, simply the soap operas that they've worked on for 15 years. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. How do you hold a gig that long, especially <laughs> in the entertainment business? We'll find out. Also from Animal Planet, 
Animal Precinct's Anna Marie Lucas. And she, I believe she's online, too. Yes, she is. And we're going to go to her in just a second. Also, uh, a little information about adopting a dog, how we can help you adopt a dog. And I believe we're going to call Kyle Orant, little nine-year-old Kyle Orant, in just a few minutes. Hi, Anna Marie. Hey, how, how are you? Very well. How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. You know, we always talk about work. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering... Work, work, work. Work, work, work. Do you have any animals at home? Tell us please. about your home life. Oh, please. You don't even want to know. I I, uh, I have several dogs and several cats. Let's just put it at that. And they get along? <laughs> they do. They actually have, um, I have eight dogs and about 11 cats right now. Wow. wow. But I have a big house and I have a great husband and we are, uh, we make sure our work schedules work around the animals. It's all about them. What does your and, hubby do for a living? He's actually just retired from the New York City Police Department. He was a detective. Oh, wow. Uh, but actually now he has the best job in the world. He is the shelter director of the Putnam County Humane Society, which is where I live in Putnam County, New York, which is upstate New York. So um, he's fabulous at that, and he has about 200 animals that he's responsible for taking care of. They're a, a no-kill shelter, truly a no-kill shelter. And um, it's wonderful. So I get to go visit those animals, and that's what I do on my time off. I go visit my husband at the shelter. So is that how you got so many animals? No, no, just a couple from there. I've been <laughs> on the job for twelve years, so um, I've been rescuing, and and animals just seem to find us for some reason. They always say that about you know people in the animal industry, but yes. you know every single one of them really needed a home. So how do you say no? Sure. Are they animals that you found on the job there? Some, some are, yes. I, I rescued a mom. It was actually one of the episodes of Animal Precinct. I rescued a mom with her four babies, and they had been separated. They were all emaciated, and I took them home just to foster them because they had been separated, and they were so happy to see each other. Um, they were such a great little family. I didn't have the heart to separate them, so that's how I got five really quickly. <laughs> and uh, so that kind of you know put us over the edge, but... Um, and I, we've rescued a couple from, from my husband's shelter, um, some from the ASPCA, some from uh, the shelter I used to work at before I came to the ASPCA. So some are old, some are young, but let me tell you, it's a, it's, it could be a full-time job in and of itself. Yes. You know. With all these uh, animals needing rescue, we hate to hear about puppy mills. And oh. for, you know, for you and me and Judy, we know immediately what puppy mills are. Maybe the uh, someone who just t- tuning in the first time to Animal Radio doesn't know what a puppy mill is. What is a puppy mill? Basically, it's just the mass breeding of dog and cat. Let's not forget cats, too. Mass breeding of, of companion animals. It's a huge operation where numerous types of breeds are bred, and it's the very minimal minimal care that that are given to the adults that is the concern here you know when you go to a pet store you see these beautiful little puppies jumping up and down they all seem great or you know you see all these great ads on the internet for beautiful home raised puppies and raised with kids and these fabulous ads but what they really are is this seedy little not little seedy huge business that's what i want to mention when you say little it's not exactly the picture you paint you don't exactly think of a back room where they're breeding these animals and mom and pop operations these are big 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 companies big corporations that oh, sell to uh pet stores is that correct absolutely i mean it can start as maybe a, a breeder say somewhere missouri is a big state let's pick on missouri for a little bit <laughs> happens everywhere but missouri is a huge state for that um so there's many 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 hundreds of breeders in missouri and there are these distributor 
that come along, and they will buy the puppies from these puppy mills, we call them, and then they will take those puppies and then distribute them across the country to pet stores. So you might see the name, um, maybe the Hunt Corporation yes. Yes. might come up, which is huge. Uh, Lambrier is another one. So when you go to a pet store, and you can, you, actually they have to show you now, on the cages of the animals, there should be the um, distributing company and where that animal was bred. So if it says Kansas, Missouri, um, uh, what is it, Arkansas, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania. You know, those are some states that are really heavy into puppy mills. So you want to be very wary, and you have the right to ask the pet store, where does this puppy come from? I'd like to see his uh, his or her lineage. I want to know where they came from. Where are they from a distributor? You know, what state did they come from? Um, and they have to give you that information. Should we be buying our pets from pet stores in the first place? I mean, definitely we can get our supplies from the pet store, but sure. the animals... No, no. I mean, I know it's so hard, and it's a it's a catch twenty two because all puppies need homes. You know, the ones that are in pet stores need homes. But every time you know you get a puppy from a pet store, that's another adult, beautiful, beautiful animal that is suffering back in some you know low end you know mill somewhere. And let me tell you something: the conditions are horrendous. I've dealt with a couple here actually in New York, um, more backyard breeders, which aren't as big but still do the same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And these, they're kept in cages. They're never touched. They're given a really bad diet, no medical care whatsoever. They're never groomed. They never play. They never see the light of day. It is just horrendous. So all they do is spend their entire little lives breeding over and over again. And when they're of no use anymore to that person, um, they are then discarded. Either they're killed, they're sold to another puppy mill. It's really just the worst life possible for these beautiful, beautiful animals who, who bring us so much pleasure through their puppies. People that go to pet stores, I think, generally think they're getting a better animal than they yeah. would get at the shelter. They feel like a, a shelter is a used car dealership as mm-hmm. opposed to a brand new car dealership. Quite the opposite situation, isn't it? Yes, I mean I have I have animals from everywhere. They've come from everywhere, and I have to say the shelter animals are are amazing. Um, you don't know until you go to a shelter just how wonderful the animals are. So I really recommend that everybody go to their local animal shelter, Humane Society or SPCA, and just walk around, talk to the staff, take a look at all of the animals. And if you want a purebred, one in four dogs that ends up in an animal shelter is a purebred, believe it or not. So if you want that little Yorkie, you, you've had your heart set on a Yorkie. The ASPCA just had a six-month-old Yorkie that came walking in off the street with his owner who couldn't keep him anymore. I mean, this mm-hmm. stuff happens all the time where you can get pretty much any type of dog that you want if you have your heart set on that type of dog. You can leave your name with your information at the shelter, and if a dog comes along and you pass all of their requirements, then they'll call you, and, and you can make that connection. I mean, I, I see it at my husband's shelter up in upstate New York. Um, they have beautiful little Shih Tzus. Um, uh, it's amazing, these little, you know, Havanese, I mean, dogs that you would never really see, golden retrievers, I mean, just beautiful purebred animals um, waiting to be adopted at, at shelters. And it's like that everywhere. You also hear these horror stories about people who purchased animals from a pet store mm-hmm. that months later they come up with all these diseases that weren't apparent at the time of purchase. Absolutely. They seem to be very ill. Absolutely, because the parents aren't getting any care. So, therefore, they're overbred. They're bred maybe with a brother or sister, who knows, you know, with the inbreeding that's going on. Mm-hmm. So, you're, you're not getting a healthy, quality um, puppy because the parents are so sickly. They could have diseases that, you know, 
weren't even recognizable at the time. And then when you get the puppy home, of course, you know, a lot of puppies will die from, like, parvo, mm -hmm. which is a horrible virus that, you know, a lot of dogs get because they're not getting the care. They're transported all across the country. They spend days in these trucks, and then they're loaded off trucks. They go to a pet store where it's not clean a lot of times. Um, and it's just a horrible, horrible life you know, for those puppies in transit as well. And then they get to the pet store, and a lot of times they're teeny tiny. You know, everybody wants the teeny tiny little breeds, the little chihuahuas and the little Yorkies, and the smaller the better. Well, mm -hmm. when, you, when you have a one- or two-pound dog, just the slightest thing can, can hurt them seriously, um, or they can get very sick very quickly. Um, you know, they, they become anemic very quickly, so they have to be fed several times a day. And, you know, pet stores aren't known, you know, for their quality of care. You know, I, I hate to say it. I'm sorry to the pet store owners out there, but, you know, it's, I've been in thousands of them. And I see what goes on. Sure. Um, they're treated like machines. The animals are treated like machines. They're not treated like they are the lovable pets that, that we want them to think. We're with Animal Planets, Animal Precincts, Anna Marie Lucas. There's a lot of A's there to start with. And your beat is primarily on the street. Yeah. But there's a whole new technology, a whole new technology, listen to me, 10 years old, 15 years old, let's say, <laughs> the Internet, which it has its uses, certainly for finding an animal and going to view the animal in person. But there's a lot of shady operations on the Internet which actually sell the animals direct to you over the Internet. Is that correct? Oh, which is the huge problem that we're facing now with the laws that were enacted back in 1966, the Animal Welfare Act. Those laws cover, uh, you know, breeders and the USDA oversees them, um, but nobody oversees the Internet um, where these you can sell directly to the buyer. So say I'm a breeder in, in, in the state and I have, you know, all of these puppies to sell. I can just sell them and nobody's regulating that. So who knows? I mean, how many are out there? I would imagine there's thousands and thousands of people trying to make a buck, you know, using animals to do it. And, and you'll see the websites. They are incredibly beautiful. You'll see these beautiful pictures of puppies in little outfits, you know, running around the yard and they're sitting on a chair or sitting on a couch. But trust me, most of that is all staged just for the, for the picture on the Internet. Ask them if you can come and see, you know, when you finally make contact, if you mm -hmm. can come and see where those dogs are kept and meet the parents. And you will get a no every single time. And if, if you don't get a no, um, then, you know, that's something you might want to pursue. That might be a good place where you could actually go and you want to meet the parents. You want to see how the animals are kept. If they're not doing anything wrong, they should have nothing against um, showing you what they do. And uh, as we learned this week, also read that contract. Oh, please. Yes. I mean, you know, I see both sides to every story. I'm an investigator, so sure. I'm trained to do that. And there are two sides to every story. And unfortunately, when animals are involved, emotions, you know, are very strong. And um, and it's just a very unfortunate situation. So hopefully well, everything works out. ASPCA.org is the website. Of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show at AnimalRadio.com. Anne-Marie, thanks so much. I so appreciate it. We'll speak soon again. Take care. Veteran actress Judith Chapman is on the way. Do you remember her from 28 Days? I do. Yes. <sighs> How could you forget? Great actress. She's on the way. Your calls at 1-866-405-8405. And giveaways. God, I love the second hour. Giveaways. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, it's Lisa Laporta from HGTV's Designed to Sell for Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pet. 
If there was only one vitamin supplement you could take, what do you think it should be? Green tea. Green tea is widely known as one of the most powerful antioxidants in the world. Green tea has been used in China as a medicine for over 4,000 years. And taking green tea has been researched and is well documented to help lower cholesterol, reduce the risk of cancer, help with weight loss, and even slow down arthritis. Of course, results may vary and you should always consult your healthcare professional before taking any supplement. But you should add this powerful antioxidant green tea to your daily diet. And if you call Call now to order and buy two months. We'll give you the third month for free. Your order comes with a money-back guarantee. So call now. 800-819-8315. 800-819-8315. Call right now. Buy two months of green tea and get one free. 800-819-8315. Or visit airtimestore.com. Fido Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, thinking a dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido-friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. PetGadgets.com. If you're looking for innovative and high-tech pet products, PetGadgets.com. Unique and high-tech products that you won't find at your local pet store. PetGadgets.com. Find the latest products that will make life easier for you and your pet. PetGadgets.com. Everything from massage beds to a remote-controlled tennis ball launcher. PetGadgets.com. Be top dog in your neighborhood. Shop at PetGadgets.com. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard K9 Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Every year, there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets. For adoptable pet listings in your community, go to Pets911.com. Pets911, proud to be partnered with Animal Radio. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People is published ten times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. 
Hey, fellow animal thrill seekers. This show originally aired last year. I dream about it every night, so we figured we'd play it again for you. Oh, boy. Remember, you can get fresh animal radio at animalradio.com. This is Animal Radio Network. This is Jane Lynch on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your animal. Spay or neuter. Let me say that again. You don't want to do both. Spay or neuter. Let me say it again. Can I do that? You can do whatever you want. Oh, God bless. I'm going to try it one more time. Hi, this is Jane Lynch on Animal Radio. Please spay or neuter your animal. I love it. You do so good early in the morning. I, my I'm so fascinated work. right now, can I tell you? I'm yeah. barely holding it together. Well, you're awesome. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. As you can well imagine, we get a lot of books here. In fact, it's no joke. We have a UPS break station here, <laughs> right in the uh, right next to the entrance of Animal Radio. Yes, where the, the UPS guy, when he delivers books, just has a seat. We got one here. Your adopted dog. Everything you need to know about rescuing and caring for a best friend in need. Boy, everything you need to know. I've heard that before. I've seen that. And then I open the book, and for, you know what? It really is everything, <laughs> everything you need to know from even deciding to get an adopted dog to where to find a rescue dog to behavior training. All put together a couple of great authors, Shelly Frost and Katrina Lorenzatos Macris. And we have Shelly with us. Hi, Shelly. How are you doing? Hi, you guys. I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, very well. I guess it took a long time to put this together. This isn't one of those books that uh, someone said, have it ready in six months, because certainly a lot of research has gone into this. I have to tell you how when they when we were kicking around the titles and we really knew we wanted that word everything in the title, that did send us into a tizzy. We knew we had to really be thorough, do our research. And in fact, when we turned in the manuscript, it was 100 pages over. So we had to cut out 100 pages. <laughs> That's not easy. No, no, that was not easy. I love how you started with an interview with uh, the Albuquerque mayor. I know it. You know, his story had just come out. I found it on, maybe it was CNN, and I immediately called his offices because he is the kind of person who can really make a difference in this world for animals. And that's exactly what he's done with the legislation that he had passed in his own town. But what is that legislation? Well, he passed or he passed an ordinance or suggested an ordinance of some mandatory spay neuter ordinance for any animal over the age of six months must be spayed or neutered or you face fines. Now, there are... Uh, situations where breeders can pay a fee so that they they can continue to breed their animals. He worked it out with the breeders. He wanted to be very user-friendly with them. And I guess politically, that's what he had to do. But he was on the right track, and it's a first step. So we were very excited to get his story in our book. And he takes his own rescue dog to all of his appearances, Dukes. And he's very famous in the town of Albuquerque. And he spreads goodwill, and he's a spokesperson for all homeless, needy dogs everywhere. I see that you just have stories in the very beginning, uh, just success stories, wonderful, warm, fuzzy stories about rescue dogs. Well, and Katarina and I, when we were writing the book, we both happened to to rescue dogs. My, in my case, I kept my rescue, Kelly, and so she appears throughout the book. Katarina rescued a dog while she was in Greece and, in fact, brought him all the way over to the States and placed him in a new home. Wow. I know you probably get this, too. You have the people that say, okay, if I'm going to a shelter to get an animal, uh, well, if it's in a shelter, it must be used. It must be broken. It must have luggage. Some of, of course, animals in shelters have a story to tell, and some of them are not happy stories. 
But in most responsible shelters and rescue agencies, they do have behaviorists who evaluate the dogs before they are put up for adoption. And, of course, a veterinarian health checks them, too, before they're put up for adoption. And then in our book, we really point out all of the things to look for before you choose your dog, whether you have cats in your home and that you need to make sure the two, the dog and the cat, will get along, young children in your home, is your backyard fully fenced, all of the ins and outs and the how-tos, everything you need to think about before you bring any particular dog home. And, of course, the get-to-know-you period before you adopt the dog. So we're really thinking in the animal's best interest. The book is called Your Adopted Dog, Everything You Need to Know About Rescuing and Caring for a Best Friend in Need. And like I said, you've probably seen that on other books, Everything You Need to Know. This truly is, I have 10 copies right now at one 405 8405 to give away. And, of course, you can get this anywhere, Amazon.com, uh, bookstore. And I just understand, you're going to, Judy has just let me know this is, has become part of the Animal Radio Book Club. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and add that as one of the great reference guides for getting an adopted dog. Your adopted dog. Shelley, if we want to learn more through a website, where can we go? Go to www.youradoptedog.com. Thanks so much for spending time with us today. Thank you, Hal. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, Animal Radio. Oh, hi. I just... Uh heard you had a radio giveaway. I don't know if I'm uh, calling at the wrong time, or is it a tape show? Or Oh, well, well, tell me, where are you calling from? Uh, South Lake Tahoe. And what's your name? Patrick. Hey, Patrick, are you calling about the adopted dog, the guest we just had? Yeah. I have an extra copy of that. Uh, that'd be great. Do you have any dogs at home? No, I have a cat. You have a cat? Yeah. Are you? But but you're, you're a dog person or just an all-around animal person? Yeah, I'm an all-around animal person. I, I've only been bitten once, and it was in the back of the leg, and that's because I, I guess... Uh, that was made clear to me that I couldn't be in the same room with the dog, and then somehow he got in, and then somehow he just attacked immediately. So, wow. <laughs> There's so, no, I guess once you know your dog, if a person knows their dog, then they shouldn't be like, you shouldn't be alarmed if you're being bit. But it did hurt for a while. Mm. Yeah, so I'm kind of like shy of dogs. So you're a cat person now. Yeah, especially pit bulls. I'm shy of. I don't know why. It's I, I can understand. There's most a, people are. Yeah. yeah, they just look like. The, the gargoyle thingies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard him put like that. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, send you the uh, uh, dog's book, and I'll also throw in Cat Be Good since you have a cat, too. Okay. Okay, okay hold Thank on one you. second. Uh, thanks for listening to Animal Radio. Oh, thanks. Hi, Joanne Worley on Animal Radio. Hello. And please spay and neuter your pets. Be a responsible pet owner. As a matter of fact, stay and new to your friend's pets also. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. This is Animal Radio Network. Hey, fellow animal thrill seekers. This show originally aired last year. I dream about it every night, so we figured we'd play it again for you. Oh, boy. Remember, you can get fresh animal radio at animalradio.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. It is a Young and the Restless weekend. And uh, who's up next? Is it Judith? Judith Chapman. Judith Chapman. From the, 
Hi, Judith. How are you? Well, hello, Hal. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. And you? Uh, very well, thank you. Are we calling you at work? Uh, I am. I'm sitting in my dressing room. I think it's the only place that's not on fire in Southern California. Yeah, oh. I hear about that. Right Boy, now. we send you our deepest sympathies for about the fires. I mean, that's just horrible what's happening. It's just something. I mean, the, the, for here locally, uh, the Young and the Restless was uh, um, preempted today because of the fires. And it's so, it's uh, when it comes to that, that the whole hours preempted, you know it's pretty serious stuff. Yeah. How does that affect you there that they have to preempt that? Um, well, it's interesting because I hope, and today was a particular, particularly big show, big catastrophe. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, you have pets at home? I do. I have two puppies. Yes? How long? Well, no, they're not puppies anymore. They're, they're getting on in years, but they're still pretty spry. I have Shiva, who's my German shepherd, and I have a wonderful little pound pup. That is half uh, Sharpay and half Pitbull. Half Sharpay, half half Sharpay, half Pitbull, and all attitude. <laughs> Good attitude. She's my comedian in defense. How long have they been with you? Uh, Shiva, we got her actually when she was a little older because we lost our beautiful Doberman, and uh, and uh, so she's she was about eight, eight and a half. But she's still pretty spry. And Little Pup came along about a year later. So Little Pup's uh, Little Pup, the pit bull is called Little Pup, um, is uh, about six and a half or seven and a half. Seven and a half, yeah. We spoke to uh, Brian Dottillo a couple of days ago, and he says he takes his dogs down to the set. You, you probably actually worked with him, didn't you, at one time? Yes. On days? Yes, I did. Well, unfortunately, I spend part of my time, my work week, when I'm working on the show, I'm in Los Angeles, and and uh, the rest of the time I'm in Palm Springs in the desert. And my other half, James, he owns a restaurant there, so I actually make the commute back and forth. And my puppies are always very, very excited when I come home, but it, if, if I'm not working so much, especially the pit, Sharpay, because she has so much attitude. And I stay home for more than the, uh, the weekend or two or three days. Uh -huh. She like, looks at me and it's like, what, you two getting along or something? You staying around longer? <laughs> <laughs> you haven't got your overnight bag and you're leaving? And it's like, oh. and they finally go, okay, you're leaving us again. But, but they, after almost nearly three years, they've become pretty used to it. Have animals always been part of your life? Absolutely. Yeah. Always, 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 always. I've, uh, I've had cats, but I'm not such a huge cat person. When I was living in New York before moving to California, I had a wonderful cat, big, huge tabby. And, you know, of course, she was an indoor cat um, in New York, but I brought her on the plane with me to Los Angeles, mm -hmm. and uh, actually, literally on the plane with me, next to me, as I'm moving to California because we were late for the plane. But she was such a cool cat, this huge, like, 12 pounds. I mean, not fat, but just a big, big cat. Uh -huh. And uh, I used to put her a collar and take her down to uh, Santa Monica Beach. She thought she was in the best litter box in the whole wide world. <laughs> mm. But she became an outdoor cat, Dandy. Her name was Dandy. She was my Dandy Lion. And, uh, but she, uh, I, my little, I had a Volkswagen convertible when I first came to California, and she could hear my car coming around the corner, and she would come bounding across neighbors' yards to be sitting on the porch when I got home. Aww. She was, she was, I think she was part puppy. Now, of course, uh, you, you've done some parts in uh, Murder, She Wrote, Magnum P.I., but you always, oh, also The Sweetest Thing in 28 Days, uh -huh. two great movies. But you always seem to return to the uh, to the soaps. The soap scene. I do, I do. I've done so many soaps over the years, but it's interesting because if you added up all the years I've been on soaps, it would really only be 
maybe a third of what my entire career has been about. So it just is a testament to how powerful soaps are and how popular they are. And uh, but yes, I tend to go back to soap operas, and uh, and I couldn't be happier because this is the first soap I've done in almost. Uh, 13 years. And that's uh, Young and the Restless. Yes, this and, is Young and the Restless at CBS. And you play Gloria. And I play the fabulous Gloria. The yes. big Abbott family. The, from the big Abbott family, yes. yes. Well, I married into the Abbott family, and of course, John Abbott, who now has passed away on the show, he comes back as a ghost once in a while. <laughs> uh, his children just thought I was real trailer trash and hated me. But um, Do you ever walk down the streets and people confuse the real person for the character you play? It has happened in the past. It ha- doesn't happen so much these days. People, I mean, I was I, um, in a restaurant just the other day, and somebody said, Gloria! But it's usually because they not, may not know your real name. But I have, in, year, in years past, I remember years ago when I was on As the World Turns, I was outside of Bloomingdale's one day, and I don't know if I can say this on the radio, but I was called a um, <clears throat> not a very good woman and a <laughs> nymphomaniac on top of it. <laughs> and all these people are looking. I said, it's a, it's a story, it's a story. So it can get confusing sometimes. Do you respond by the name Gloria? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Why not? We have you on the air to talk about the rescue train and the race for the rescue is happening this weekend. I am so excited and see it's going to work out perfectly when I got the the email and the, the faxes about it because I will be driving in from Palm Springs so I will just stop right there in Pasadena. So you're not going to run? Oh, I would. I will run. Oh, but you I'll, will. I'll be driving from Palm Springs and then I'll get out of the car and run. We don't <laughs> expect you to uh, to run from Palm Springs. That's Thank a long you. walk. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Unfortunately, I won't be able to bring my pups with me. They, sure. do, they do stay in the desert. And they're so excited now that the weather's finally cooling off um, that they definitely get friskier because those summers can be a little brutal in the desert. I bet. But they, uh, they, they manage quite well. I'm going to do the one-mile run because I can't do the five, the 5K. So he enters in the kids' division. I am. Oh, that's okay. But uh, anyone who wants to do either the one-mile or the 5K, it's interesting how they do the one-mile or the... It's actually 3.2 miles is 5K. If you think you're up to it and want to raise some money for a great a great cause, you can register day of the event, or you can get more information right now at www.racefortherescues.org. Absolutely, absolutely. And I encourage everybody to come out. And those of you who are in the neighborhood and, and can come out and join us, you go. we won't walk very fast. We'll just clip along at a nice, comfortable pace. And whether you do the one mile or the... Three mile, it's 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 such a worthy cause, and and with these horrendous fires we're having here in Southern California um, now, and when I drove in yesterday from Palm Springs, you could see the smoke, and all you think about is not only the domesticated animals, but also the our little wild furry creatures as well, the coyote and the deer and the rabbits who are out there trying to trying to survive this madness. And uh, but the efforts have been so noble to get the the horses out of, of Malibu and. Um, really an all-out effort so my my heartfelt appreciation and thanks to those who not only stop the fires and help evacuate the people but do help the animals yes a lot of great animal lovers up there Mm -hmm. our hearts are with you and our wishes and our prayers thank you but nice to talk to you hal and judy thank you to another judy um (laughs) great we'll see you on sunday very good you're listening to animal radio you can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com log on learn more. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew! Gross! 
goodness. Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard Canine Dewormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. Hey! You want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Hey, fellow animal thrill seekers. This show originally aired last year. I dream about it every night, so we figured we'd play it again for you. Oh, boy. Remember, you can get fresh animal radio at animalradio.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And I wanted to talk to Kyle Orent. I believe we have him on the phone. Nine-year-old Kyle Orent in a celebrity collar auction. Of course, he raised $20,000 for Canine Companions for Independence, and now he's on his way, I believe, to around $10,000. His mom is on line four. Well, let's go there. Hi. Hi, how are you? Doing well. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. Uh, how's Kyle doing? Great. Is uh, the auction going pretty good? I mean, I understand there's still a couple of collars up there. A couple more left. We, um, we, we Most of the collars are gone. We have... We have um, a few more left, and uh, so he's hoping that uh, they'll do well as well, and he'll uh, come with the final tally. And the last time we spoke to him, he was getting matched. Is that correct? That is correct. He's someone who's matching him thousand for thousand. So he's uh, he's you know he's very happy about that. He's going to be actually make his his goal of ten thousand dollars. Wow, that's that's very good. I guess the last time we talked to him, it was was it Dean Koontz? No, it was him. He had the <laughs> The caller that had the highest bid. He did, but Dean Coons did bypass him, I believe. Uh oh. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's get him on the phone and find out what the deal is. Okay. One okay. second. We get him. Hello. Hi, Kyle. How are you doing? Good. Well, it looks like you're coming to the tail end of your celebrity collar auction. Yeah, it's almost over. Almost over. Let's see. Who do we have uh, left up there? Um, I know the Jet Sack Exchange is left. Uh huh. And um, some collars from the Rockies are coming in. Oh, wow. Still more coming in, huh? And, of course, the Rockies heading to the World Series. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're going to be worth a lot now. Yeah. We asked Glenn Close. She's yeah. an act. Did she send, send you a collar? Um, I'm not sure Yeah. if we got his yet. Okay, it's uh, Glenn Close is is uh, uh, did she you ever played Carolyn Deville? Yes, yes on one hundred and one Dalmatians. So we're hoping that'll get there very soon. So yeah. how much have you raised so far? I'm pretty sure I'm twenty six. Twenty six, twenty six hundred. Yeah. Okay, and then of course it's being matched. 
Yeah. Okay. So there's, uh, uh, we're going to get to 10 grand though, right? Yep. Okay. There's <laughs> fuzzy math there. Yeah. Yeah. It all comes out in the wash. How much did Dean Kuntz go for? Um, he, I think he went for 400 Okay. Very good. Did you get a dog? Yeah, we have a dog. Yeah, a brand new dog? Yep. What is her name? Her name's Jessie. Jessie, do you know what kind of dog she is? I'm pretty sure she's a cock spaniel. Pretty sure. <laughs> Not 100% sure. No. Is she a puppy or is she a little yeah, bit older? she's still a puppy. She's still a puppy. Does she listen to you? Sometimes. She <laughs> sometimes gets so excited. Uh-huh. What, what does she do? Sometimes she jumps off your legs and does backflips. A backflipping cocker spaniel. <laughs> yep. Wow. Okay. What color is she? She's like a white. Just white? Yeah. She's <laughs> like a, a dark white. Uh-huh. I think they call that buff. I think in the yeah, that, that's what the color is. Yeah, buff. it's called buff. Okay. Well, give her a big old hug for us, and we'll check in with you as soon as uh, you wrap this thing up and find out where we ended up, okay? Okay. Talk to you later. Um, Thank you, Animal Radio. Oh, well, of course. And thank you... Kyle. Yes, Kyle. <laughs> Hi, this is Bob Barker, listening to Animal Radio. Help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. Hey, fellow animal thrill seekers. This show originally aired last year. I dream about it every night, so we figured we'd play it again for you. Oh, boy. Remember, you can get fresh animal radio at animalradio.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Okay, we don't have a lot of time. I know Michelle Stafford, or should I say two-time Emmy award-winning Michelle Stafford is... Hanging on line five, I believe. Hi, Michelle. Hey, how are you? Doing well. How are you doing? I'm great. Are we catching you at work? No, no, I just got home. Just got home, uh-huh. okay. And uh, welcoming the, the pets as you get home? Yeah, they're, they're sitting right around, all around me. Set the scene, if you will. Well, I have three big dogs. Uh-huh. I have a golden retriever. Um, I have a greater Swiss mountain dog, and I have a Rottweiler. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a big family there. Yeah, I got a big family, and, get, I, and the Rottweiler's a girl, and the other two are boys. They all get along? Oh, God. they I, I can't even believe how well they get along. How, how long have they been part of the family? Let me see. At the love of my life died a little over a year ago, and mm. he was a Rottweiler. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> sounds like I'm going to say a person, but of course, it's a dog. <laughs> and, um, but he, he I, I had him since he was a puppy, and he was my boy. You know, he was my love. Uh-huh. And uh, he died last year, uh-huh. and and then I had Beauregard, the golden retriever, um, and and I thought, oh, I need to get a dog right away mm. for for Bo, right? Uh-huh. So, sure. um, so I got the uh, the Rottweiler, a female, so, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't compare her to the other one, right? Right. And and it's, I can't even tell you how different a dog she is. The really? female Rotties are so different from the males. It's just. It's like a totally different dog. And um, and then I found this other dog, this greater Swiss mountain dog. And then I thought, gosh, can I have three? I can have three. <laughs> so I got three. Do you remember your first pet? Oh, of course. Of course I do. It was, um, it, I had a, a collie lab mix. And her name was Tip. Tipper. 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 T-I-P-P-E-R. Okay. How yeah. old were you? I was three years old. 
And you remember that. Yeah, oh gosh, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, I had dogs all growing up. We were never without a dog, ever, ever. And then the second dog I had was um, Ty, and he was um, a massive German Shepherd mix, and we rescued him. Then uh, the third dog I had was Bandit, and oh my gosh, she was just a mixture of a bunch of things, and we rescued her. It sounds like you have a thing for big dogs. Yeah, it sounds that way, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I do. I like big, I'm, I like little dogs, too. I mean, I'm not, I'm not adverse to them, uh-huh. but, um, but I really love big dogs. There's something about all that weight and, you know, and they're strong and they protect you. Uh-huh. And that's what dogs love to do. They love to protect their master. Better than a boyfriend, huh? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Do you ever take them onto the set? Uh, you're at the Young and the Restless I'm now, at right? Yes, yeah. They don't allow animals there. Oh. And, yeah, and in a way, it could be distracting. I mean, it would be so boring for the dog, though. I mean, they have a huge yard here, and they play with each other and. You know, and do their business when they want. They actually probably have more fun at home. They do. They have a lot more fun. I mean, they're pretty much a pack. You know, there's three of them, so they're they're really a pack. Uh-huh. You know, we're having a sudsy soapy weekend, and we're asking our guests if their dogs were celebrity or high profile figures. Thanks, Glenn. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm stealing Glenn Close's bit. If they were high high profile celebrities, who would they be? If Beauregard was a celebrity or just someone famous. Okay, if Beauregard were a celebrity, he would be Tom Hanks. Oh, handsome, huh? (laughs) Yeah, he's handsome, but he's also, you know, everybody likes him. You know, he's just that good guy. He's just a good guy. That's Beauregard. That's my golden. Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, and he's not a fighter. He doesn't like confrontation. You know, if he has the ball and just grabs it out of his mouth, he just lets her have it. Oh. You know? Um, So Beauregard would be Tom Hanks. Okay. Um... Uh, Duke would be Bill Murray. Bill Murray, okay, why is that? He's just funny. He's a hilarious dog. I I don't know what, he has a a really great sense of humor. He's just a funny dog. (laughs) I don't know why, he's just a goofy, funny guy. Uh And and he's tough, too, which I think, you know. Um, And then Josephine, oi. Josephine, um, oh gosh, Josephine's difficult because she is afraid a little shy. Oh, yeah, but kind of afraid. Okay. <laughs> timid. I would say timid. She's a little timid, but then she's really tough. So who would she be? That's hard to say. There's not a lot of high-profile figures that are timid. No. No, she's timid, but but tough. But she, and she's smart, too. So I'm having a hard time with, with the Josephine. Brew on that, and I'll tell you what. I'll check in with you tomorrow at the race for the rescues. I know, right? Yes. yes. Are you going to be running? Yes, of course. Are you going to bring anybody with you? No, because there'll be lots of dogs there. Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to go alone. I mean, my dogs would. Well, my dogs would, would love it, of uh-huh. course. But the, but it's about the other dogs. You know, I don't want I don't want my dogs coming in and and people going and people taking them. <laughs> Do you plan on taking any home? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it would be so great. I would love it. But I think that legally I'm only allowed three. Is it the law there in uh, LA? Is yeah. that where you are? Yeah, in this city, in, in uh, Hollywood. A girlfriend of mine has seven. Seven? Yeah. Does she live in the city limits? Yeah, she lives in the city, but she, she works it out. She has a kennel's license or something. Oh, oh okay. Got yeah. it covered. Yes, we don't yeah. want to get her in trouble. <laughs> totally. Are you running the uh, 5K or the, like me, I'm going to just do the 1K? He's doing the kids race. <laughs> You're doing the 1K? Yeah, the kids yeah. race. Uh, I'm kind of yeah, I may do. I may do the 3K. Okay. 
<laughs> Somewhere in between there. Yeah, exactly. You know, you can sign up uh, all the way up to uh, register. Well, registration opens at 7 a.m., so last minute. Right. Race starts at 8.30, and, of course, more information at www.racefortherescues.org. Yes. Is there anything we should be looking for on Young and the Restless that you can tell us about? Oh, oh. Any? Well, um, Phyllis is in, in, in pending release. Impending release. Yes. Does everyone survive the explosion? I don't know. Uh -oh. You're going to have to tune in. Okay. I thought I might get it out. You're going to have to see. Tune in with 20 million people every, yeah. ev every day. Every day. That's some coverage there. I know. Well, we appreciate you hanging with us. We'll see you tomorrow. Oh, gosh, guys. Thank you so much. We are so out of time. But remember, there's lots more at AnimalRadio.com. In fact, some of the stuff we couldn't get in today's show at AnimalRadio.com. Get your Firestorm 2007 breaking news. Simply text ANIMAL to 27627 or check out AnimalRadio.com. And remember, if you get a pet, please spay or neuter. If it happens to be a cat, don't declaw. And always adopt from your local shelter. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.